0: Once again to another episode of the What You've Been Watching podcast. I am your host, the absolutely soaked, terrified, huddling in the corner, fearing the oncoming storm. Marvelous Mike Dudley, (laughs) joined as always by my co-host, cohort,
1: and youngest brother, MD3 Marcus Dudley, checking in on you. What is going on out there in podcast land? We are broadcasting live from the What You've Been Watching studios right here. On the about to be torrentially downpoured south side of Tallahassee, in the shadows of Dope Campbell Stadium, which kicks off in Orlando this Sunday. But by the time you hear this, we'll already be one and zero as a, as a university. So, um, how are you today, I love my brother? The confidence. Oh, dude, we're good. I right, love your shirt. I ain't tripping uh, <laughs> Smash cut to two weeks later. Fuck this goddamn team. Anyways, how are you, my brother? I'm good, man. I'm good. Just uh, you know, trying to get through the
0: insanity of you know oncoming hurricane and. We got students arriving and they don't know how to drive because they're idiots and they've never seen a goddamn roundabout before and have no idea what to do and can't understand the concept that, like, speed limits in Tallahassee are just sort of suggestions, not really, like, by by
1: the law. I have two points to that. Uh Uh-huh. One, you know what will make you feel better and what always makes me feel better? Drugs? Yes, but Uh. our intro song, Kesta. Always bright. You know what? It always seems to take my mind off of shitty drivers and put me in the mood for some what you've been watching. Well, so I just that. wanted to give a big shout out to uh Casta Always Bright, one of our lovely for our lovely intro music. And uh, also when I stare at that lovely banner that you could probably see right now as you listen to this podcast, or brother banner.
0: who who does all that? That would be MK Dudley Art. You can find him at MKDudleyArt.com.
1: Yeah. And uh, find us on Facebook.com. Uh, you can find us at Dudley Bros Podcast. That's right, and uh, or uh, what you've been watching podcast at g or sorry what you've been watching at gmail dot com. Let's try that one more time. It is what you've been watching podcast at gmail dot com. We almost made a smooth transition That's into what all ours <laughs> fool. Oh, you did? No. Oh, what <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what you've been watching podcast at gmail dot com. You can find us there, or you know, Michael was selling oysters that he caught down in Carabel the That's other right? day. The whole bushel. $40. That's right.
0: I got a road sign and everything. Yeah. Just sitting up there just smoking my pipe and,
1: you know, watching, <laughs> watching the world go by. Selling these saltwater boogers. Boat, don't no. Anyways, what has been up there, man? I think Florida gets a bad rap because, well, one, there are shitty drivers here, but two, everyone's a transplant, so everyone yeah. brings their shitty style of driving exactly. from whatever shitty city they're exactly. from here. Yeah, and it's a nightmare. But yeah, uh, so.
0: but so, and, and then you just couple it together with people who are like... You know, they're moving in from, like, Nebraska or Oklahoma. Like, hey, man, I've never been in a hurricane before, man. How bad is it going to be, man? Like, you got booze? You got some weed? You got some board games and candles? You got some canned uh, soup? You're going to be all right. Don't worry about it. Yep. Trust yep. me. You live on campus. They're going to keep your shit running. Yeah, you'll be Don't all right. Don't worry about it. Yeah, for sure. Come live out in the boonies next to me where the power goes out if a squirrel farts. Yeah,
1: likewise. <laughs> well, as you can hear, uh, we are uh, sipping on the finest Corvassier and Bobby Boucher money can buy. Mm-hmm. This is going to be what we call the true what you've been watching episode uh, as we've hit you guys with a little bit of structure recently. Or not really, but uh, whatever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll be sipping the finest Corvassier money can buy. And Michael, the reason why everybody tunes in week in week out—they need to know what you've been watching, my brother. My man, I have
0: been uh, been kind of on a on a kids movie kick lately, just because you know, hanging out with childrens. Yeah, not, not like you know, illegally or nothing. But right, like. right. <laughs> it's
1: <laughs> it's a welcoming environment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they wanted me there. Right, right. <laughs>
0: But uh, yeah, I uh, recently saw uh, a movie that I was really impressed by, and I didn't think it was going to be. Uh, I saw Puss in Boots, The Final Wish. DreamWorks Animation, great. Puss yeah, in Boots. Yeah, the The uh, Shrek spinoff movie. He got his
1: own little, I think he did two movies? I think this is the third. The third, yeah. third one? Yeah. yeah okay. I think so. I know I saw the first one. Um, yeah, I was. I liked them though. I like all the Shrek universe movies. They're Heavy, very much so intended for adults um, as right. well. So
0: Yeah, there, there's a lot of uh, innuendos and stuff like that as far as, you know, little kids won't get it. And it, not even so much innuendos and like double entendres and stuff like that. But just like little sly like reading jokes or, or just the way a character carries Like visual
1: jokes that only adults would get, you know. Right. I remember when he got arrested, Puss in Boots, in Shrek 2. And a catnip bag fell out. Right, and he's like, "That's not mine. That's not mine." And like, kids don't know what the fuck that was. Right, like,
0: right, right, right. Yeah. yeah,
1: there's uh, yeah, and this he gets
0: uh, he gets drunk on leche. Oh leche, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm actually really starting to appreciate Antonio Banderas as a voice actor. Like, I think if you give him like, I don't, I wouldn't want him to be doing like like different voices, but if you like his voice. For the right character is completely entrancing. Like
1: no, I agree. I agree. It's like Chris know. Parnell of us uh, used to do Saturday Night Live, <laughs> and, and now he does. Um, he's Jerry on and, yeah, he's an Archer, Archer yeah, and, on Rick and Morty, yeah, and stuff, yeah, yeah. like fucking, he's pretty much does a pretty close version of his voice, but it like it works really well for those characters. Sure. So. yeah, yeah, yeah. And Antonio Banderas, you definitely know who it is when you hear it. Yeah, I uh, I actually based my
0: my uh, one of my D and D characters off of the Antonio Banderas voice. My uh, my lothario bard who just goes around seducing the women's and performings yeah uh anyway so it was it's it, it it's a fun character
1: and it's a really fun kids movie it gets really dark i heard it's like the thematically like the themes and oh, the overarching themes of it all is like about you're facing your own mortality and yeah, coming to so, you know, grips with your own life so and long all kinds story
0: of stuff. short uh puss in boots ends up spending eight of his nine lives in foolish ways and you know like laughing in the face of death so to speak and uh comes to realize like oh shit i got one more left and then almost immediately is stalked by a hooded you know white wolf who's carrying these two like sickles in his hand and like at first puss in boots thinks he's a bounty hunter and this that the other and then eventually the the wolf just like pulls the hood back and he goes no I'm death, like not metaphorically, not transitionally, not, you know, not rhetorically, I'm literally death. Oh, wow. And so basically Puss has to spend the rest of the movie for the first time in his life ever afraid of death and, and afraid of the consequences of his life and like, oh my God, I only have one life. I'm, I can't squander it. I can't, you know, All right. uh, you know, I, 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 I got The bill can do. Yeah. It yeah. The bill came due as it were. Um, and so he basically sets out to find the last wishing star. Oh, and, okay. Uh, oh yeah. A fairy tale fame. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Exactly. And, uh, you know, it basically grants you, it's like the Dragon Balls. It grants you whatever one wish you want. So, uh, and so, you know, and, and of course, along the way he meets a, you know, you know Mary cadre of familiar faces. Some, Selma Hayek plays of one of the, plays one of the voices who is, and she's just delectable and everything. Um, I can't think of the actor's name, but he plays uh, Guillermo on
1: uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, uh, I know you're talking about. I don't know his name, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, Insert name here. Yeah, no, I don't remember. <laughs> I, I just, I'm not that familiar with that show, but I know you're talking about, though. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, him. That guy, right. <laughs>
0: Guillermo, yes, uh, from What We Do in the Sh- He plays one of the voices. Uh, John Mulaney plays the villain. Uh, the wolf? No, 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 no. He plays... Uh, uh, Little
1: Jack Horner. Of like Jack and the Beanstalk? No. Or? Sat in a corner. Oh, oh, oh. Stuck in his thumb. What a good boy am I? Oh, don't know that one. Oh. Either way. John Mulaney, though, is the bad guy. I wouldn't see that one, but it, it works he, pretty well. It works
0: pretty well, yeah. He, he does smarmy really well. And he does. it's a very... Uh, He's a very cynical, smarmy character. So yeah, yeah, it works. I'm trying to think who else was in this. Um, they usually load those casts up pretty well. Florence Pugh is in there. She plays oh, really? Goldilocks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Big the uh, Pugh the late the late Ray Winstone plays one of the uh, three bears of Goldilocks fame. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then of course, like you look through
1: the credits and like it's just a veritable who's who of like you know Phil Lamar and yeah, and, you know the usual. Yeah, I mean. There's a a certain cast of people which just pop up in every movie. Like you watch the end of the Mario movie and it just says additional voices by. And it's everyone from Carlos Alarizuki, who's on Uh, Reno 911. Uh,
0: Not Troy Alexander. Um, Troy Baker? Troy Baker, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 He's in there. Uh, All those cats. Speaking of which, we need to do a brief shout out to. Oh, yeah. We lost the legend recently. We lost two legends. In the the, the voice acting uh, career. Uh, Arlene Sorkin, yeah, the original peace. voice and basis of the Batman the Animated Series, Harley Quinn. Uh, I think she was 62? 67 is what I said. Okay. What I saw. okay.
1: Either way, too, too young. Sorry, Discalcula. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't be reading shit. I don't be reading shit. I don't know. Yeah, but
0: uh, yeah, yeah, fucking lost her. And uh, that, I, that, it's real sad. Like, I know that now... Um, Tara Strong is taken over as the
1: voice, and then well, she she had uh, been done that. Uh, uh, Kaylee
0: Cuoco is now taken over.
1: Yeah, um, there's Arlene Sorkin was for the Batman the animated series when mm-hmm. they revamped it. It became um, it was Arlene Sorkin, and then uh, Tara, Strong Tara Strong took over. And she and a also lot did the, the she did the video games. Yeah, a lot of the video games. Um, mm-hmm. She was like the second, and then um, like you said, Haley. Kuko Sweeney or whatever, what's her name? Kaylee, Kaylee Cuoco. 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 She does it in the Harley Quinn animated series on mm. HBO Max, which is actually apparently is pretty good. I've just never seen it.
0: I've seen a couple of episodes. It's it's good. It's I I don't think it's as good as people have led me to believe. Right. But you know, it's 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 pretty fun, irreverent humor. There's a lot of cursing and like semi nudity and stuff, and they're definitely not afraid to pull punches. It's it's definitely not a kids animated show by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're good.
1: I'm in love with Tara Strong, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I have to stay away from her on her Facebook. No, she just seems genuine. <laughs> I <have to> st- <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm joking, obviously. <laughs> I have to stay away from her <laughs> on, on her Facebook. Because
0: yeah. no. I will stalk that, yeah. yeah. I will show up. <laughs> Lloyd Kaufman style <laughs> yeah. with a boombox over
1: my head. No, I just everything I've Tara. ever Tara. Tara. No, everything I've just ever seen her do. She just seems to love her job. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, like she's just so infectious and it's like, damn, you like the voice of so many of so much of my childhood. It just seems like you know somebody mm-hmm. and you don't. That's why like in radio personalities and stuff like that, like you seem like you know somebody and you don't know sh- shit about them. You just sure. hear them every day, so they're yeah. a much bigger part of your life than they are to theirs. So it's like, oh yeah. But but even to her, Credit like I've seen a lot of interviews where she's
0: like on a comic con panel or something like that. Sign and she, every fucking autograph. Oh yeah, and just every, like never, nobody's ever had a bad word to say about her. Right. And uh but enough about yeah, Terry Strong. We're yeah, talking yeah. about Arlene, Arlene Sorkin, Sorkin. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, who also uh, was a lovely person, I hear, yeah. and I hear. very uh, infectious laugh, and just a, a total pleasure to be be around. So uh, and, uh, yeah. Uh, RIP to Arlene Sorkin and the original Harley Quinn. Also, rest in peace to Bob Barker. Man. That one hurt. He made it to 99. Almost made it all the way across that big-ass wheel, bro. Almost made it
1: to a dollar. You know what I'm saying? I Topped know. out at
0: 99 cents. That's
1: tough. That's I tough. mean, it's hard to beat. Yeah. So, it's hard to be. It was a huge part of our childhood with our grandmother. We've told that story before, but yeah. we got kicked out. of We were allowed to watch in the house during Price is Right, mm-hmm. and then when the news is on, we ate our lunch, and right by the time the stories came on, those soap mm-hmm. operas, <laughs> it was outside day, and if it was raining, you were quiet in the other room day. It was mostly <laughs> out the fuck out of my way right. day. Just not in the room that I'm currently watching watch television. stories but. in, yep. Nope, you got a
0: toilet, you got... I know where the snacks are, you got... You've been fed, you've taken a shit.
1: Leave Grandma alone. Yep. Anyways, we digress. Uh, Puss in Boots. Puss in Boots, yes. Final wish. That's a long diversion. We were resting and piecing to Arlene Sorkin and Bob Barker, but... Yeah. uh, Any other thoughts on it, man, or... Like I said, it's just a really it's
0: it's a really just charming, funny movie. Um, It it gets a little dark uh, in in terms of you know. Again, it's it's a it's the entire theme is about death and fearing for your for one's own mortality for the first time ever, and sort of like the moment of realization,
1: like, oh, I'm gonna die one day. You know, I bet I could guess the ending, but don't tell me if it is or not. I'm just gonna put it out there Uh on record now. Timestamp it, whatever. On his quest, he meets a friend, probably I would guess Salma Hayek or one of them, of the, the litany of people that you named. Two of them. All right. So in this quest to find this wishing star, one of them probably either dies or sacrifices themselves for him to get it. And at the end, when he was going to wish for more lives, he he wishes to save them instead. That's a really, really good theory. I won't tell you how it ends.
0: Okay. You're not not wrong, but you're definitely not right. Okay. All right. Anyways, what would you rank it? I am going to give it. Uh, I'm going. Oh, here, here's what I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it one life to live passionately and
1: without fear. Nice work. Well done, sir. <laughs> well done, sir. What the hell else you been watching, my guy? Uh, let's see.
0: After that, I saw. Uh, I, oh, another kids' movie, Kiki's Delivery Service. Oh, the Miyazaki.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, uh, what, it, Kiyo Miyazaki, yeah, yeah. or Hayao, I think it's Hayao, yeah, yeah, Miyazaki though. Yeah. Uh, I think Spirited Away is an absolute masterpiece. Oh, is that your favorite Miyazaki? I've not seen them
0: all. Um, yeah, I, I haven't seen uh, Nausicaa and I haven't seen
1: Porco Rosso. I haven't either. Yeah, there's so. a couple I haven't seen, but I'm, I'm I've seen a handful of the ones I've seen. Uh, he did Grave of the Fireflies too, right? That's which one of the saddest is, fucking movies ever. Which actually,
0: I would say, is my favorite Miyazaki film. It, it's 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 the most unlike a Miyazaki film right. because there's no fantastical creatures. Like no typically, whimsy. typically he does you know like an Alice in Wonderland situation where like small child wanders into a fantastical world filled with magical creatures who can do anything. Right. And and but this is it's very much grounded in reality. I mean, it takes place during the Last days of World War Two, basically, um, but I, I think it's his most honest and his most earnest film, and I think that
1: of we're talking, all, about, we're talking about, Grave of the, Grave Fireflies. Of the Fireflies. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: I, I think that it's his most honest and his most earnest film in terms of. I think he poured a lot of himself into that. Yeah, um, and it's I, like you said, it's not the most uplifting movie. I yeah. don't want to give away the ending, but it is definitely a movie worth watching. You will need to set aside some time afterwards to sort of reflect and like
1: build your like. I wouldn't watch it if you're having a real shit day. Yeah, yeah. Or if you sometimes are like in a bad mood or a sad mood, and you listen to sad music to kind of help you there sure. with it to relate. Right. right. But yeah, it's it's a doozy. But yeah. Um, yeah. I would say yeah, that's a really good one. Um, that's my favorite of his, and then maybe
0: secondary to that would be like.
1: Princess Mononoke is pretty
0: good. I think Princess Mononoke might be, but th- I, I love a good, th- that's more of an action film than, than any right. of his others, So, and I love a good
1: action film. I just, I love Spirited Away, but that uh, we're not here to talk about that. We are here to talk about what you watched, and that is, what, Kiki's Delivery Kiki's Service? Delivery Service, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. what do you think, uh, man? Again, he's, he's a master of his craft. Yeah, so. yeah.
0: I, I, this is definitely one that's geared more, towards, like, the younger children crowd. Like, I don't think Princess Mononoke is one that I would show, like, a 6- or 7-year-old. Like, maybe a 13-, 14-year-old kid could probably handle it. But, um, uh, yeah, this is definitely geared towards the more, like, kindergarten crowd. Um, It's about, like, a witch who delivers mail or something, or packages? Part of of, uh, being a witch is you have to move out and sort of test your magic and sort of create your own, like business or whatever her her mom runs an apothecary shop and so she's you know or a alchemist shop or whatever um so she moves to she works at bed bath and beyond bed bath, bath and beyond okay. right right she sells uh what is it uh mlms yeah she yeah. stays in that beyond section
1: a lot <laughs> that's
0: right dead bath and way the fuck out there. right right <laughs> uh so yeah so she moves to a new town she brings her her uh black cat who was voiced by um uh, oh God, what's his name? Troy McClure, fucking Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman. Oh, Phil yeah. Hartman. Yeah, Captain yeah, Blasto. Yeah, from PlayStation fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, one of the best characters on The Simpsons. I'm Troy McClure. Yeah, that's right. he's and, so uh, good every time. He let's shows see. Up.
0: Uh, what was her name? Oh, Kirsten Dunst is oh, nice. the the voice of Kiki, like a young young Kirsten Dunst. I think this came out in like 1988 or
1: 1989.
0: So I don't know. Yeah, um, I don't know. But anyway, uh, so yeah, so so she moves to a new town, and basically her her gift is flying a broom really, really well, so she starts a delivery service, and so it's all about her, you know, coming to the town, and meeting the townsfolk, and trying to, you know, be the best witch possible, and she gets free room and board from the bakery shop owner, and, you know, just all of her adventures, and... Meets a group of kids, tries to fall in with them. They kind of make fun of her a little bit for being a witch. And so she doesn't really feel like she fits in. And then ends up having to rescue them and be the hero of the day. And everybody accepts Kiki the witch now. So. Root off the red-nosed reindeer one, Pretty much. Yeah,
1: ain't nothing wrong with it. Pretty Don't much. Don't break
0: the formula. Shit. So the message out there as kids is prove your worth. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Just have something
0: of value and people will love you. Right.
1: Capitalism wants you to offer something. But anyways uh no i again i can't say it enough i think miyazaki is a uh, a master of his craft mm-hmm. and it's he has such a distinct style that one i i think i watched part of that it was all i think it was at my friend matt's house and i didn't finish it mm-hmm. uh, just uh, for whatever reason that, Yeah, but i remember it was just kind of like one of those like people were over it was on in the background like oh cool you're kind of in and out of it but sure i remember not disliking it by any means
0: but... oh no no i mean i've I've never seen a Miyazaki film where I've walked away being like, yo, that sucks. That was a waste of time, yeah. Like, as far as as far as batting averages go, he's batting maybe not a thousand, but ninety-nine point nine nine. Are we putting him up there with Bobby Zemeckis? Ooh. I mean, yeah,
1: I mean, you can't argue with facts and figures, bro. Now look. Zemeckis is a little more uh we call him by his last name because we know him. We we, we Bobby, have Z's. A, Bobby Z's. Bobby <laughs> Z. Yeah, he's, like he's a member of Wu Tang Clan. Bobby, Z's. Like one of Riz's other alter Bobby egos. Z's on the ones and threes. Yeah, yeah I mean, there you go. like Bobby Digital, Bobby Z's. Yeah, Biza, BZA. 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 Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. yeah, no, but he's one of those types, man. Like, if he touches it, worst you're gonna do is like a B minus. You're like, oh, it's not as good as his other one, but his other one's a fucking masterpiece. Oh, right, right, like, right, oh, right, yeah. yeah, right. like, yeah, yeah. When you're yeah, when you're when you're putting out like literally some of the best
0: kids animation and kids stories out there in movie history and then the last one wasn't nearly as good. You're still a, like it's like you shot for the stars, you're still landed on the moon. Right. Like right. I mean, still pretty fucking impressive. Did you watch that
1: with the uh the young ones or was that just a you No, that works? was uh, that was me and uh Liz Deal. Nice. Yeah. What'd you think? Uh, what what would you rate it though? Or talk oh. about it more if you want. I'm just curious. No, no, no. like it, like I said,
0: I think it's. I think I pretty much said everything I need to. It's it's a charming little kid's story. I know I keep saying charming, but it really it is. is. Like nice. it, it's it's shoe you, fits. Yeah, you walk away being like, you know what? I feel pretty in, pretty enchanted by that movie. Like that was a cute little cute little movie. Hell you know? yeah, yeah. It's it's maybe not going to be one I'm going to watch over and over and over again, but I didn't walk away with a bad taste in my mouth Hell by yeah. any stretch of the imagination. Uh, so let's see. I'm
1: gonna
0: give it um there's I'm gonna out, give it an
1: outcast reference when the people at the that the United Parcel service didn't call you back because you had cloudy, cloudy piss. Anyways. <laughs> uh yeah, I'm gonna give
0: it uh I'm gonna give it one sassy ass cat.
1: One sassy ass cat. Alright. Yeah. I mean so, he's not wrong,
0: but that's a sassy cat.
1: Sassy ass cat. cat. Sassy cat. <laughs> all right uh what else we watch anything uh non-children's or if you i mean we can stay there all you want though no no i definitely broke away from kids movies
0: uh i watched the peacock series twisted metal
1: oh yeah yeah i know when the trailer came out or like the, it wasn't the trailer it was the um the sneak peek uh-huh. and it had uh sweet tooth and I had Anthony Mackie, uh, Sweet Tooth played by Samoa Joe, voice by the great BoJack Horseman, Will Arnett, the voice of <laughs> right. Reese's, the voice of GMC, right. the voice of Dodge, I think, one of the two. Uh, he is doing a lot of fucking work, the isn't fucking he? He's fucking man, dude. <laughs> like, anytime I hear his Hey, Willie Arnett, call us. I'm putting you on the wall over there, pal. That's it. Wall, It's it's official. You're up there with Renner. You're up there with Justin Long. Willie Miyazaki. Nets. <laughs> Willie Nets. Yeah, no. Every time he's in something, I'm like, He's one of those types, like if certain things, if I look at a cast of, of a movie, I'm like, oh, I like that person. Oh, I like that. P- oh, fuck, all right, I'll see right, it. Right, right, right. It's like Craig Robinson. If he shows them something, I'm like, I fucking like Craig, Ro- right. Craig Robinson. I at least want to watch the Craig Robinson part. Yeah, yeah, right, like,
0: yeah. yeah so. you, you have my you have my attention for at least 15 minutes.
1: Right. But no, I was saying about uh the Twisted Metal when it came out this the sneak preview or whatever. People on the internet were furious about it. They're like, fucking sweet tooth, this is supposed to be that way. It's like, bro, it's based off a of fucking. Video game, with right, as right. the point of the video game is like all these drivers drive these cars, and yeah, it's a it's, tournament battle royale, and they each have you have to play as the character to figure out what their motivation is. Yeah, and Sweet Tooth it's, is a psycho clown. It's, it's
0: basically pro wrestling in like it's pro wrestling meets Mad Max. Yeah, or, or, or like so like every car has its own individual personality. They're all this sti- like. You have the you know the hearse driven by the preacher. You have the ice cream truck driven by the psychopathic clown. You have right. the dude who's literally strapped between two big ass wheels, and his name is Axel. Right. You have you know just it's it's all gimmicks, but right. it's just racing meets. Demolition Derby with Missiles, I guess, is, is the best description of the That's games. exactly what it okay.
1: is. Yeah. That's exactly... So, I, when people shit on it, they're like, Oh, Sweet Tooth wouldn't act that way. Sometimes I'm like, man, chill out. Yes, it is really campy and corny. The scene. Oh. He dances to My Milkshake Brings All the Boys to the Yard, I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, And,
0: uh, Oh, no, it's a thong song. Oh, thong song. That's thong right. Song. I knew it was right. one of those. Yeah yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thong song, yeah. But... The series knows what it is. I mean, yeah. essentially, it's it's Mad Max. It's John Doe, who's played by Anthony Mackie. He drives this. Who lady, we love here at What's Who we watched. love. We absolutely adore you. Call us up. Yeah, Annie
1: Max. <laughs> I just like him in movies because anytime he does an interview or a talk show, he's just really he fucking just cuts loose. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, just he's a he's fucking great. goofball. He's a great interview. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, Anthony Mackie, John
0: Doe. Uh, basically uh, has to take a package from point A to point B and back. And so by doing that, he earns the right to go live in one of the walled off cities and not have to be a, they call him a milkman, but they're basically like delivery guys out in the wastelands where he's getting jumped by, you know, cannibals and, and vultures and, and all these different, uh, anyone opportunistic. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Like the dredges of society kind of thing. Um, and then, you know, of course, along the way, he finds a friend. They end up becoming, you know, reluctant partners and then sort of acquiesce to each other. And then they develop a little bit of a relationship. And then... But there's always the the whether or not the shoe's going to drop of who's going to betray who first. And they can never really trust each other. And then, of course, they meet Sweet Tooth, who's just this random agent of chaos and just about murder and mayhem. And, you know, it's... The, the series knows what it is. It's very campy. The laws of physics to cars and guns and explosions do not apply at Good. all. So, like, the second you're, you you keep trying to think, like, well, how fast are they really going? And what's going on with it? Just don't fucking worry about it. Like, it doesn't matter. Right. It, right. Just buckle
1: up, enjoy the ride. Literally figure that, it out. That every... should
0: have been the tagline. Yeah. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. I'm with it. Or buckle up and survive the ride. There
1: you go. There you go. There you go. See? Why are we not writing? I don't know, Michael. I don't know. we're great pitch you, men. you gotta put in more job applications <laughs> for real studios. Listen, we interview together, right? <laughs> we're here to fuck shit up. That's right. We're gonna flip it. We're interviewing we're you, we're interviewing you now. Oh man, check that bingo box for sure. <laughs> it's been a while since we made some Step Brothers references. Probably, I thought it was gonna be silent. It wasn't, it, wasn't. it got it louder. Uh, no, I actually want to see it though. I, I'm a big fan. There's a certain game, it was a that whole series was huge on PlayStation when it first came out. And then it just went away. Like the game, it was like one and two were like, all right, this is really cool. By like three, four, five, it just got so campy and ridiculous. Sure. Like it wasn't, it became a little too campy for its own good. And then it went away for a while. And then it came back on the PlayStation 2 with Twisted Metal Black. Which was a phen- that game was phenomenal game. That awesome. game was so, so much fun.
0: So addictive. It's just like an ADD. Fueled ride
1: through chaos and mayhem and explosions. It yeah. was a,
0: such a fun game.
1: And my brother Matthew and I played that game a lot because uh, uh-huh. they had a co-op mode, and so we would just play that game a lot and um, play it at parties, stuff like that. So I have a little soft spot in my heart for vehicular mayhem, as it were, because it's it's something that translates really fun to video games, where you're just like, oh, dude, let's equip a rocket. <laughs> To a fucking car and a flamethrower and a machine gun, and then you ride around, you destroy other cars. Like fucking, that's what video games are for, man. Of course, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Just yeah, yeah. contained mayhem. Yeah, so I'm, I'm all. I have a little bit of a soft spot for that series, so I I do kind of want to check it out. I don't know if I have Peacock right now, so
0: you know we. I think that reaching the what you've been watching. I, I, I think uh, what you've been watching, podcast studios, might be able to uh, Dudley Bros Worldwide oh, oh, might yeah. be able to uh, finance that a little bit. You I know. have it. I might have to. You know, one of us might be paying for it already. Yeah, so,
1: possibly uh, legally. Legally yeah. speaking,
0: I'm still entitled to one more on on,
1: on a device of my choosing. I actually <laughs> have it. It's just the TV that it's on is not in my room. Oh, so that's what it is. So it's being occupied. Um, Angie's son inherited my TV And that shit has everything on it I expended all my powers <laughs> it's got Every fucking service you could ever want It's got Paramount He was watching some shit the other day I was like, are you watching the new Transformers movie? He's like, yeah, it's on Paramount I was like, when did you get Oh yeah, oh, it's my you TV Son oh, hey, of a bitch <laughs> uh, Anyway Should have never gave you ninjas money Yeah, exactly, exactly <laughs> Oh man, what would you rate it though? Oh, I'm going to rate Sounds it. Sounds like you enjoyed it by your, your over. I, I did. It,
0: as long as you're not going to be too bogged down in logic and reason. And just, it, it is campy. It's foolish. It's nonsense. It's it's a popcorn. You know, just sit back, have a drink, and just enjoy the ride. And just
1: sort of enjoy it. Um, From the website uh, on Facebook, one of the pages I'm on, somebody was talking about it. And they were actually hoping for a season two. And apparently... They don't go into Calypso's tournament in this one, but, no, but no, it no. ends on the invitation they, to yes, Calypso's yes, tournament. Yes, yes,
0: yes, which is the the catalyst for the original uh, twisted metal series. Anyway, yeah. is basically you know a mythical uh, uh, what what do they call uh, a mythical like a Giliark. You know, infinite money, infinite power grants right. you one wish if you win his car, race tournament. yeah, his yeah. car tournament,
1: basically, yeah, his destruction tournament. Yeah, so, yeah. But yeah, that's what I'm signing up for. If I if one gets me to that, cool, I'll, yeah. I'll take it. And, and like I said, it's it's as
0: long as you just enjoy it for what it is and just sort of go along with it, it's a lot of fun. You you literally can have it on in the background and you're not gonna miss anything. Like they do a very good job of like constantly reiterating, here's what's at stake, here's where we are now. Right. Are you telling me we've got to go back to the thing we just were at in order to get the thing? Yep. And then while they're driving back to the thing, they're like, "So you are? Are you sure we got to go back to the thing that we got to go back to?" Yes. So spoon feed me. I'm yeah, like just, just just it's all spoon fed to you, and it's just it's campy fun. So uh, it's quite charming, actually. <laughs> <laughs> How many charms did you give this? <laughs> I'm going to give it uh, all of Anthony Mackey's charm because Ooh. he is pouring it on in this. Morning. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. I mean, if you fucking hire him, let him do his thing. He's probably the one to watch. I. Also, shout out to uh, uh sorry. I'm going to give his wrestler name just because kayfabe's Samoa Joe, who plays Sweet Tooth. He's doing a lot of like kabuki theater and and mime work. I mean, just knowing that it's Will Arnett's voice, but it's him doing the the like the movements and 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 the hey. the, the body work of Sweet Tooth. And he goes big. Like he like he doesn't do subtle movements where like. Like if he gets in somebody's face, he's like waggling his finger all over the place, and you know, oh, nice! Like, so or, he goes or, for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for like him, it's, man. It's, yeah, good it's, for it's, him. It's, it's big, broad, sweeping movements, but it all kind of makes sense. Like you can, you can understand like. Subtlety was not the thing that they hired him for, so I think he did well, a friend. really really good job. You know, hey,
1: that's what's up. Big, big shout out, underrated performance of the week, dare you say? Or, uh, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and give it to him. Yeah. I'm, I'm you know down with that. Samoa so Joe, fucking wrestling needs for you. some love right now, so. yeah, they do. Yeah, it's yeah, been a big week. Rest in peace, Bray yeah. Wyatt and uh, Terry Funk, yeah, yeah, yeah Bray man. Wyatt. And Ter- we'll we'll yeah. save that yeah, one, yeah, yeah, but just but
0: yeah. RIP to two legends yeah, on man. that one. Um, well, cool. Well, shit, yeah, dude. What else you been watching, let's my see. guy? Uh, let's see. I think we've already talked about this one, but I re probably. I, <laughs> yeah. Are you telling me that we're going to rehash a conversation we've had multiple times before? Not only that, but we're going to redo it again <laughs> and put it on record. Yes, so, sir. Strap in. Yeah, deal with it. Uh,
1: yeah, uh, re- rewatched uh, Dust Till Dawn. Oh, yeah. I. I have a love hate relationship with that movie. Love hate really? Yeah, no. I, I for what it is, I enjoy it. It's very campy. It, sure. Some people early in its career treat it like it was the greatest shit ever. I love. No, that movie. And, and that's cool if you do. But like some people, it was just it got to be to this point where it was like one they saw it for it being like this great movie and they didn't see it for being like the campy like it's supposed to be kind of a B movie. I think. And I, I don't know that. I think I, so, I, in, in my opinion. I mean,
0: I'm, I'm sure that there are those people, but I think on the whole, it was received as what it was supposed to be. I think a lot of people did buy into the camp. Uh, just, just my opinion, you know. I
1: mean, granted, I was in like fourth grade when it came out. <laughs> or however young I was, and some people, from dusk till dawn, when you see Selma Hayek with the snake, like you have seen it a bunch. But also, when you <laughs> see Selma, Selma, Selma Hayek with, with the, the snake. snake. yeah, yeah, And everyone's <laughs> like, and he's got a gun and it's his, his penis and it flips down and he shoots people with it. I'm like, yeah, hey, it, it was pretty cool. Like, I just—you yeah. know who that is? Uh, who? That's Greg Nicotero.
0: Just to let you guys know, it was uh, Tom Savini. I was thinking of, yeah, not Greg Nicotero, Tom Savini. I don't know who that is. Uh, he did a lot of the uh, makeup and special effects work for uh, the George Romero series, Oh, cool, Dawn of the Dead and stuff like
1: that. Yeah, he's. No, I mean, I I dig that movie. I, I have no beef with it. It's just... I appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. Again, it's it's really stupid, campy fun. I mean, it's... But it's George Clooney and... Um, like his first movie role, isn't it? I don't know if it was his first. It's pretty but it's, early it's, on. It's pretty early on. It was definitely his first, like, starring role. Yeah. You know? In terms of, like, his name was the first one on the marquee kind of thing. Uh, and then, yeah. Uh, Juliette Lewis and Harvey Keitel and... Uh, God, who else is in there? Uh, Quentin Tarantino. Quentin obviously. Tarantino. And I think Cheech
1: Moren makes an appearance. Cheech right?
0: Moren, that's right. Oh, uh, Danny Trejo. Oh yeah. yeah. Um. Oh God, who is the guy who played in Tusk? Uh,
1: Michael Long. No, Mike. No, that's Justin Long. Justin Michael. Long. Um, what's his name? I can't remember. I don't know. Michael Parks. Michael Parks. Michael yeah, 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 Parks. Yeah, yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. Michael, yeah. not Michael Long. Yeah. So, still got Justin Long on the mind. We love you, buddy. <laughs> but yeah, like it's.
0: I mean, it's it's a campy vampire survival horror, but God, who else is it, in there? It
1: that? knows what it is, though. I mean, it, Robert Rodriguez has such a unique st- style of just being like, he doesn't mind making a Grindhouse movie and making sure. it look about as well as you possibly can. Sure, yeah, yeah. It it literally is a B movie with an A-plus budget. Yeah. yeah.
0: And the, the thing that I love about it is that it was co-written by Quentin Tarantino
1: and Robert Rodriguez. That's kind of the part where I... I, I, it's weird. Over go the ahead. years, over the years, I've grown. I, I appreciate Quentin Tarantino. It's going to sound like I'm hating. A new Quentin Tarantino movie, I will watch mm-hmm. just without fail. I, I love his films. The formula sometimes, now that I've seen it enough times, like it's hard for me to go back and appreciate some of the earlier stuff because it's just sure. like, oh, it hasn't. I, I, I get you don't want to lose what makes you you, but at the same time, it's, I don't know, it, it doesn't have the same appeal as it does. Is it? You feel like he's just not expanding his horizons, or his, I guess or his... it sounds
0: like I'm hating on him. Like he's no, 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 he's no, a no. brilliant I mean, filmmaker. It just it's all kind of the no, same. I mean, it, it's a it's a valid critique in yeah. terms of like, hey man, you've been constrained by this for so long. Right. It's, it's like, just I, a... I'd love to see you sort of play outside the sandbox.
1: Yeah, and everyone's like, well, he did write a love story. He wrote True Romance. I'm like, true, but like, let's be fucking real here. I don't I don't mean like, oh, I want to see him write a love story. It's whatever he's doing. It's like I'm going to do a love story the Quentin Tarantino way. I'm going to do a this right. movie. A, this like it's right. it's all the same shit. And it's like it's just sometimes it's over the top just to be over the top. It's sure, yeah. But which is it works? But that's but, his style, you know. Is, I don't
0: know. is he's going to go big and dynamic and right. and bombastic with it? You know, yeah. like again, like Quentin Tarantino does not work in subtleties. You know, Christopher no, no. Nolan works in subtleties right. and and like themes within themes. Quentin Tarantino is very much like. Here's what it is on the page, here's what it is on the screen, here's what it is in reality.
1: Right. not Like I said, it's going to sound like I'm hating it. And no, 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 I'm no. really not. He's a fucking incredible film. One of the no, greatest American film. It, it, it sounds like you just want him to sort of... Paint with a different brush every once in a while. Yeah, like, exactly. It's kind of like, now that I've seen it one time, now that I've seen it probably, what, a dozen times? With those eight films, the ones he's written and stuff, it's like, oh. And it works for him because you can point to him and go, oh, that's a Quentin Tarantino film. Script or something right. like that. So, right. like, good for you for having sure. a signature. Like, awesome. But sometimes it's like, oh, it's it's the same style of dialogue, the so same quippy like, shit. So, know. like, just to give a comparison, like, I would I would say,
0: like, the Cohen brothers have definitely stepped outside of their comfort yes. zone. Like, originally, like, you know, Raising yes. Arizona and, you know, like, all of their comedies and stuff like that. And then they went and did A Simple Plan. And then they went and did True Grit. And then they went and did... um
1: Adaptation and stuff like that. No, I didn't yeah. do adaptation. Um that was um No, that's that right. Spike Jones, right? But no, I, I get what you're saying, though. Right. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, just yeah, wrong yeah. poll, but yeah, I got you. Right right. right, 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 right. Yeah. True grit to fucking no country for old men to Oh, they did do No Country yeah, for Old Men. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. so so they've stepped outside of their comfort
0: zone of like, we're gonna do the quirky black comedy kind of thing and right. then like no, let's start being real storytellers,
1: kind of right. thing. Right, and Quentin Tarantino just seems to always lean towards like a hyper aggressive, hyper violence hyper which works wonderfully in From Dust. But it is gone. very, it is very
0: Quentin Tarantino yeah, style. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, the thing I love about the movie is like love and hate about the movie is like you can definitely tell the parts that were written by Robert Rodriguez, yes. and you can very much tell the parts that were written by Quentin Tarantino. And although they have storm. Like, their their Venn diagram definitely overlaps oh, at some point. It's such a weird transition scene to scene. Just because tonally or editorially, like, it, it's just such a different style. You know, like, Quentin tends to fa- focus on these, like, really long sort of, like, drawn-in shots. And, like, Robert Rodriguez is just like, nope, snap, 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 shoot, 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 yep. shoot, shoot. shoot and it's just it's
1: such a weird transition sometimes scene to scene as fast as robert rodriguez does shoot he's pretty good about spatial awareness he'll and he they, is he cuz he'll take the time to show a 3 second shot of somebody sliding on the floor even if you don't even see him shooting them, so then when you actually zoom in over the guy's shoulder and he's on the floor shooting up to the balcony, you're like, "Oh, well, he showed me a two second shot of right. it. like slide." So I up. know how
0: he got from point A to right, point B, right. and, and it's very quick, but he's pretty sure, good. with but, it. but but I mean, like I said, you know, and then but then you you just jux you just juxtapose juxtapose you just you juxtapose just suppose right that you put it against Quentin Tarantino. Right, right. With, with, you know, he he tends to favor a lot more, like, l- lingering long shots. And, and it, like, if, if he's going to do dialogue, it's very, like, shoulder to shoulder to shoulder. Very snappy. Whereas Robert Rodriguez would rather have two people in the scene literally talking at, at each other. Right. You know? Like, so it, it is a little bit distracting just in terms of the different directorial and editorial styles. But other than that, like... It's George Clooney killing vampires with a jackhammer steak. Like, <laughs> what more do you want? You know? Like, it's... Yeah, just shut the fuck
1: up and I watch, will. watch I will. vampires. Yeah, I just... will. Stop hating. Uh-oh, there goes the hater-ass Huey alarm. <laughs> I heard it. Michael didn't ring it this time. It started ringing on its ding, own. Ding, ding. Yeah, I forgot. I don't think I forgot about the hater-ass Huey alarm. Oh, man. So, yeah. So, so I'm going to give ready? that uh let's see.
0: Dust till dawn is going to get I'm going to give it two distinct voices trying to tell the same movie. It's a fair review. It's a yeah. fair review. It's pretty positive though. It's pretty positive. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I don't it de- don't get me wrong. This is not a bad review. Yeah, this no, is a wholehearted look. if
1: if you like good campy horror movies, go watch this movie I'm just saying I understand the review system very much. Well. <laughs> I've never once been lost on a Michael or I say something That's right I'm like I'm locked in with what he's saying so cool anything else man or I think that kind of covers
0: it man um, yeah man let's uh, how about this let's do a, a quick break and we'll hear from our sponsor and then I got a very important question for you oh, We'll be back I can't wait um, who's our sponsor today our sponsor today is going to be uh Quaaludes <laughs> Quaaludes You missed out. And we are back. Thanks for the
1: uh, interlude music from Mr. A1 himself. And our sponsor, Quaaludes. Quaaludes, the one drug I would relapse for today. <laughs> Seriously, what the fuck am I going to get addicted to a fucking non-existent drug? Anyways.
0: <laughs> like, Not like if somebody handed you Quaaludes from like 1978, but like if somebody manufactured a, a, fresh, a fresh one, it was like
1: this is the one left. <laughs> yes, I would take it. I would be there for that ride. Yeah, I would definitely take it. Yeah. Just being honest. I'd be like, oh, that was cool. Look at that be the end of it. <laughs> Can't get any more. Yeah, well, no worries of yeah. a relapse. Yeah, you feel shitty for, I don't know what the side effects are. You feel shitty for a day or two. I don't know. A couple, I don't know. Whatever. I figured out that. I don't know. According to Wolf of Wall
0: Street, the oh, yeah. side effects are cocaine and hookers. So, yeah. yeah. Let's fucking do it, bro. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: anyways. So, my brother, what you been watching? Man, what have I been watching? I appreciate you asking, sir. As it gears up, as I mentioned earlier, for the football season, I'm not going to even talk about oh, no... What's that in the distance I hear?
0: The distant, thunderous rounds of tomahawk
1: chops. Yes, sir, that's it. No, we're gearing up for football season, so I won't even bore y'all with no fucking NFL preseason talk. Because, goddamn, I'd save that for sports talk radio, which nobody listens to anyways. Um, at least not preseason shit. Or just radio in general. <laughs> I, I do, because I'm a fucking weirdo. Uh, but I have been watching a little bit of, uh, HBO does a special every year. They pick a team and they do hard knocks the preseason, mm-hmm. where they just follow a certain team during their preseason camp. And then they do one in-season, in, in season, they call it. Mm-hmm. And I've been watching that a little bit. What's the team this year? It's the New York Jets. They got a lot of heat because Aaron Rodgers left the Packers and joined them. And Florida State's own Dalvin Cook just left the Minnesota Vikings and is now a Jet. So okay. they got some big preseason acquisitions. And nobody wanted to do it, apparently, in the NFL. And then the NFL has a clause where they're like, "Oh no, you have to do it." And so then I think the Jets were like, "All right, fuck it, let's do it." <laughs> so yeah, so it's it's been interesting. Why? It's, just just afraid of having the curtain pulled back, and it's just a, another distraction. It's I mean, it, apparently it's not too invasive, but I don't know. I hear different things that people historically the teams that do it don't fare like. I think like one team won one playoff game once. Uh-huh. and so okay. it's, right, 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 It's just a lot of extra noise in a fucking already busy offseason.
0: So sure, I'm, I'm sure having a camera in your face for 24-7 or, or just trying to capture that extra footage while you're right. just trying to like run the play in your head is
1: probably not the best thing for mental focus. Right, and it's just extra buzz, and it gets teams overhyped. And The only thing that's good about it is like last year they did it for the Detroit Lions, who... I'm going to say this with all the love in my heart. I love the Detroit Lions. I I am rooting for that team outside of the Philadelphia Eagles all the time, but like they had a new coach coming.
0: Fuck you since Barry Sanders. Yeah. How about that?
1: But they've historically not been a very good franchise. They've not, you know, so, um, it's all love though. I've none but love for the Lions, but, um, they historically have not been a good franchise. So it brought them a lot of attention last year they made some noise. It kind of just helps your branding a little sure, bit. Like what is. are we selling this year? Right, and right. so this Put, year. Puts eyes on your merchandise, puts eyes
0: on pretty your. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 And Everybody so, loves a good, a, a good,
1: uh, uh, underdog story. You know, it's the stories of sports as well. It is. We've yeah. talked about it enough, but this, this year, the big thing is like apparently before, uh, Aaron Rodgers left green Bay it's pretty docu- well documented he became hard to work with uh, by some by some standards or whatever or kind of had these weird set of standards okay, a little bit of a uh, diva complex a little bit and so he's kind of rebranding himself here so it's okay i watched it just to kind of because i'm a fiend for all this shit but <laughs> i won't spend too much time on it it's a uh, it's preseason fucking football it doesn't right matter. right right um, it doesn't matter yeah. the one thing i did watch, i watched the greatest sports feat of all time and uh, it's a cartoon form but Okay. I gotta talk I've only I've not I'm not gonna dive back into the boondocks yet, but a clip came up and it made me watch two episodes of the Boondocks. Uh, of the Boondocks. The yes. Aaron Magruder uh, uh, Aaron Magruder of yeah. the Boondocks, not uh, the Boondocks thing. Com- was it Comedy Central? It was adult swim. Adult, uh, yeah, that's right, that's right. Cartoon Network. Which yeah. I have dubbed my favorite animated adult animation show of all time. Mm-hmm. If you listen to the previous ones, which says a lot. Right. As a as a person who loves both adults and animation. Uh, yeah, it's 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 tailored for me <laughs> in the sense of it's The Simpsons in South Park right? meets Chappelle Show. Sure. Okay. Two, sign me up for both of those. And then you throw in Kung Fu flicks and it's like in a reverence for and, anything. And
0: movie references. And, it's fucking tailor made for me. Yeah. It's like each, each episode has its own sort of like cinematic style kind of thing.
1: Well, yeah, it's an anime in the sense of like Huey throws those hands, man. Like <laughs> and Riley and it's part Scarface because Riley like it's just everything that like is my sensibilities that I do like yeah. it's just rolled into one beautiful little omelet and it's it's my shit rolled into one beautiful little omelet uh, and cooked to perfection <laughs> No, it really is. If you know anything about me, like you know that I love South Park and adult animation. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. And Chappelle's a show. A big was...
0: fan of, of irreverent
1: comedy, a big yeah. fan of animation, a big fan of racial tension, a big fan of <laughs> 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 uh, kung fu. <laughs> yeah, kung fu flicks for sure. And you mix the humor of Chappelle show, which Aaron yeah. Magruder said like this show. I could... didn't mean racial tension like white power kind of thing. I meant racial I tension like was... you, you
0: enjoy the, the, the conflict and, and sort of the... Negotiating
1: the fine lines between the races. It's so. It's such a, a brilliant. It's so satirical. It's biting like satire. Mm-hmm. But it's also so close to the truth that it's like, what the fuck, man? And it's so good. But I watched. It, it is a little bit. It uses caricatures and sort of like broad sweeping generalizations to make a very fine point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Huey's the only one that kind of seems. And, And it really is the dichotomy of, like, from what I understand, I could be very off on this, but just from what I understand from his interviews and commentaries that I've listened to, is like the black struggle of Aaron Magruder being the creator of it, Aaron Mm -hmm. Magruder being like, I'm very well educated and very well spoken. And like, that's his kind of Huey, like, yo, we need to be better as people. And it's also like, but I also like 24 inch rims. And like, (laughs) you know. Sometimes you just want to be gangster. Yeah, and like gangster (laughs) shit. And it's kind of like he gets to. Play with both of those toys. No wonder you like this. I get it. Yeah, yeah. But I watched an episode, and I wanted to bring this up because I don't even know what the jokes are in it necessarily. It's just if you can say things a certain way, it just makes me laugh. So I'm just <laughs> going to talk about two episodes real quick. Just, when you say say
0: certain things, like like the way Jim Carrey phrases his Ace Ventura voice
1: or... or uh, I'll, I'll, I'll break it down real okay, quick. Okay, okay. The first one I want to talk about is one of probably, if it's not Eric Cartman, you got to have a lot of respect for him. You got to respect his authority. Authority, yes, as being one of my favorite animated characters of all Mm -hmm. time. Um, It might be Colonel H. Stinkmeener. Okay. Who is. Now, for those
0: who might not be
1: initiated, Colonel H. Stinkmeener is who now? He is voiced by the incomparable, who has won the uh, underrated performer of the week. I'm willing to put his voice acting work on the wall. He's a cast member of Reno 911. He's voiced by Cedric Yarbrough,
0: right up there with Arlene Sorkin and Terrence Tara Strong. Yeah,
1: oh yeah. He's just he's so funny. Will Arnett. His voice that he does as Colonel H Stinkminter. He's like Colonel H Stinkminter. I gets money. Holla at you, boy. And I'm doing a terrible impression, yeah. but he just says the funniest shit. Um, but no, he. <laughs> He just the way he does the voice, like it doesn't matter what he's saying. Mm-hmm. It just fucking makes me laugh every time. Yeah. And he'll he goes off on these tangents because Cedric Yarrow has a really good voice. And so he'll play the character of Stink Meaner who is a hateful old man. That's that's the whole character. Yeah, he's, he's so he, hateful. He's just
0: basically he's an old blind hateful man who just like Fucks with the Freeman family is his whole purpose. Well, but and hates like, everything yeah, and everyone.
1: Yeah, yeah. There, there's no good in his life at all. You he know? hates like, everything yeah. and everyone, and so he'll start to fuck with Robert Freeman, who's the the granddad of the show. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah, yeah, uh, John Weatherspoon, who's got to coordinate. But um, <laughs> but he'll fuck with him. And Cedric Yarbrough will sing this this song, and he'll say, he says it a lot. He calls Robert Freeman a bitch ass n word all the time. Right. And he'll start singing the song like, use a bitch, Robert, a bitch, ass, N-word. Use a bitch, Robert, a bitch, ass, N-word. And he'll stop and he'll go, come on now, Robert, rock with me, rock with me. He wants him, like he wants him like he to want, join in. He, he wants Robert. To sing cappella with him. Yeah. To fucking sing. Commonize with me now, Robert. Yeah, rock with me, Robert. And. And he calls him that all the time, and he's like, "Yeah, if you don't show up to this fight, that means everybody knows that you was a bitch." <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't matter what he says; it just makes me laugh every time. And I've put it to the theory, and I've tried to be like, "All right, watch it with a straight face." I I can't help but laugh, and not because it's just he's just a hateful old man, right? So, okay. yeah. anyways, but yeah, um, but yes, the other episode I watched is um. It is the funniest cold opening to that show ever, in my personal opinion, and it's the ballin' episode, where it opens up, it's in Riley's dream, Uh and some sports announcer is like, we out here at the NBA All-Star Game, and it's young Reezy, uh, a.k.a. Riley, and he's playing at the All-Star Game, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he's just embarrassing grown men. He's like, (laughs) Riley recently was signed, he was the first elementary school to be signed at eight years old. For an eight gajillion dollar contract, <laughs> and he's all in his dream, and he's like, he's like, look he's at him dunking on LeBron. No, and- no, he's like, look at him clowning these motherfuckers at the three point contest. He didn't even take his warm ups off, and he still got his Tims on. <laughs> and it's just the- he's out there in Timberland, <laughs> in Timberland <laughs> shooting jumpers at three point range, <laughs> And like that's some like that's some street ball shit. Yeah, that's some, like, Yeah, I didn't bring my gear, but I'm ready to ball, son, dude. And it's one of those things where like. Just the concept of that is so funny to me. He's got all these adults twisted up and oh, shit. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. And then he he goes, uh, he's like, uh, and I've said this before. If you just listen to what the background is saying in uh-huh. the boondocks, like if you could mute everything and just listen to the background tracks of what the audience of and the reactions of shit is, right. it's the funniest shit on the planet. I would have
0: never done that shit. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's so funny. And the announcer's like, oh, and then we saw him on some one-on-one. Look what he does to Kobe Bryant's old bitch ass. (laughs) He broke his bitch ass ankles and left him there flopping on the floor. Oh, that's nasty. Oh, Yao Ming, you want some of this too? (laughs) And he dunks on eight-foot Yao Ming and breaks the backboard. Conceptually. (laughs) On eight-foot Yao (laughs) Yao Ming. (laughs) He goes. That that fool is six-foot infinity. (laughs) Yeah, dude. He's like. He goes, no wonder they ride his nuts so hard. (laughs) And this is all in Riley's dream of just being an NBA player. And, like, the best part is he's, like, he asked Shaq afterwards. He's, like, Riley, you had 87 points, uh, 37 rebounds, and uh, 42 assists. How do you feel? He's, like, what can't you do? I don't know. Go broke. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of the best jokes there. Then he asked Shaq. He's, like. Shaq, now you only had you looked look uh, lack of dominant out there. How did you feel today? He goes, Yeah, I, I realized that it's uh, my game will never be as superior as Riley's, and to hate on him is pointless because it's not going to make my game any better. He's like, could could you be possibly hating because Riley stacks paper to the ceiling and rides on twenty four inch chrome? Yes, that's possibly why I'm hating out <laughs> <here."> <laughs> and it's just like the idea that this is his dream
0: just embarrassingly so like just the the most dominant force yes. in the NBA like just stacking papers yeah. and like it's just it's such Sha- a like it's that- such a ghetto dream like it's oh, such dude. a like yo i'm going to get the NBA i'm going to stack papers i'm going to get bitches yep. i'm going to have all the deals i'm going to have my own shoe
1: yeah dude and the ball and it just it's one of the best cold opens ever the fact that he can get Shaq to be like Are you hating on him because he stacks paper to the ceiling, fucks more hoes, and rides on 24-inch chrome? Yes, possibly. (laughs) And then uh, the the best part at the very end, he's like, now we're going to speak to uh, Riley's grandfather, who's also his manager. Yeah, I'm here to fuck up all my grandson's money. (laughs) 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 So that's how granddad made it into the dream. (laughs) It's the funny, like, and again, it might not be funny to anybody else. They might watch that and go like, "Oh, I mean, I'm laughing." So. But the way they execute it is just like tailor-made for me. And I've told y'all this before like when something makes me laugh at the most conceptual level, it it's funny to like for life for me. Sure. Yeah, and yeah. I I saw like 3 seconds of it online and then I was like, "All right, I'm going to go watch this clip." And I loaded up HBO Max. And sat down and just watched the intro to it, and uh-huh. I was just crying, laughing, and yeah. I've seen this fucking opening clip like forty fucking times, so I just wanted to bring all that up to just to put my Boondocks things. <laughs> I fucking love that show. I can listen to Stink Meaner or Cedric H R Bro do that Stink Meaner voice. Sure. With anything, there's an episode of uh, BoJack Horseman where he does chicken for day. He's chicken for day, right? Yeah, and it's yeah. the stink. He's a voice. chicken farmer that slaughters chickens. Yeah, well, no, it's the, the, I mean, and by chicken farmer, I mean he is literally a chicken farmer. Oh no, no, he doesn't do the voice of that chicken. He just does the commercial to open up that episode of BoJack. Oh, really? No, no, no. Uh, uh, Ron Funches is the voice of that chicken. Uh, oh, Cedric Chef Yarbrough. Yeah, Cedric Yarbrough just opens up the show, but I don't to bed i want chicken for days and he comes in with the stink meter voice <laughs> chicken for days, chicken for days. <laughs> don't ask questions just keep on eating point being i can listen to him do that fucking voice <laughs> all day every day and i can watch that opening scene of riley just living out his wildest dreams a thousand more times yeah, so it's, it's one of those quirky like
0: we all have those scenes or those those voices or those those moments where just, like, for some reason it carries over. Like, I mean, for me, it's, you know, it's the Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, go, get to the chopper. You know, anytime I got to run in the rain or something like that, you know, or... Uh, it just gets you. Uh, yeah, you know, like, uh, you know, Jason, Jason Mewes, like, I am the clit commander. commander right always looking for a reason to throw that in in the most inappropriate of senses. Yeah. You know, like, just some shit, just some shit just, just hits hit you so you to hard your core, and right. you're just
1: like, God damn, that resonates so bad. So the only reason I'm talking about any of that is just because I had that moment and like, when so you're talking about what you've been watching, that was the most joy I've had watching anything <laughs> in quite some time. So, um, but yeah, the other thing I watched, um, I watched the first episode of Secret Invasion. Oh. Yeah, I was not, I mean, it's only episode one, it's a six series event, or a six episode event. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I'll say about it without speaking on too much, because I don't know all the ins and outs of it yet. I See, I have seen all of okay, it. Okay, so we'll, we'll it, circle back to it when I watch it all. But sure, um, yeah, yeah. I know I'm a little behind on it, but... No, I, no, I'll, was, I'll keep
0: it spoiler free, but... Yeah, yeah,
1: it's... I, I suffered the same issue I ran into with Captain America: Civil War, and those uh-huh. those uh, Secret Invasion and Captain America: Civil War are based off what they call like um, crossover events in sure. the Marvel Universe, which means that like it's not just just affects the X Men, it doesn't just affect the Avengers. It's like they alter the landscape of the Marvel Universe when these things happen. And so, Secret Invasion ultimately it's a way to sell books that. Or or to k-
0: generate interest in books that readers might not normally have. So like it's it's the X-Men meets the Avengers meets the Guardian of the Galaxy. Right. And so like you gotta read X-Men issue number one forty one, and then you gotta read Avengers issue number forty two, and then you gotta read Guardians of the Galaxy number three sixty five right. in order to get the complete story. And it's just a way to sort of generate sales amongst it's... books that that they're trying to garner interest in. Absolutely, that's that's one of the marketing ploys. But but more of that, it's 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 also a ploy to like Spider Man meets Captain America and Captain America meets Star Lord, right. Star Lord meets Nova, and Nova meets the Hulk, and like just flash sort of, pages. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it is all of that, and it's all they just call them event books. So mm-hmm. it's like they're kind of jumping on points of like after this event is done, the landscape of whatever DC mm-hmm. or Marvel won't be the same. It'll look different. And so, what I ran into with episode one is that in the same uh, the same thing that happened with Captain America: Civil War, with Captain America: Civil War, like there weren't enough superheroes yet. There was like twelve, if you really stretch it, and they kind of shoehorned in Spider Man and Black Panther to be like, "Hey, we need to fill out the roster." Right, sure, sure, sure. And it was like, uh, this doesn't really feel like the world cat or the the cataclysmic event that took place in the books. Well, same thing.
0: Books you had forty five right it was every year's worth of history and right. and they were bringing you know tertiary characters that had
1: only been had you know like one appearance or something like right that. And, and 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 you know yeah, like and so the same thing with secret invasion in the sense of like the premise of it being that like the scrolls are invading all of earth mm-hmm. it's like it just seems like I wouldn't say low budget, but like not a big enough scale to capture what was really happening. In the comic books. And I'm, I'm well aware that Marvel Cinematic Universe has taken plenty of liberties with how sure. they... Which I appreciate, actually. But it just seemed like it kind of lost on the feel of like, oh, this is a one-man war that Nick Fury must w- wage. And it's like, why? Like, why? I, I get that you're that, trying that, to make it espionage. S- S- kind of
0: that was kind of what I rubbed up against the, the entire time in terms of um, like just why <laughs> not call in the Avengers at some point they sort of explain it away. I don't want to give away too much, but they sort of explain it away later in the series. But even then, it's kind of a really dumb issue. Like it, the reason that they give to explain why they don't bring in the Avengers is not a good enough reason to not bring in the Avengers kind of thing.
1: It's Um, the whole premise of the, the book, um, which it lost its way a little bit towards like issue seven, eight, but whatever. Um, the whole premise of it was like the paranoia was like the whole tagline was like sure. who do who can you trust? The, the premise is basically the scrolls apparently have
0: they, they reveal a plan that they they've been infiltrating and uh, duplicating uh, superheroes' powers and and using them, giving scrolls superpowers of like the Hulk and Captain America or or whatever whatever, and inserting them at certain points in history to infiltrate the superhero community. And so, discord politics or, well. or po- politics, whatever. And then all of a sudden, they reveal themselves to be like, now we're invad- we're an invading force because we've always been there, and we've integrated certain personalities to change the direction, you know, in our favor, kind of thing. Right. Um, very similar to the, to the plot line of the
1: of the t- uh, uh, streaming uh, series, but to a
0: much smaller
1: degree, right. I, I would say. I just, mostly my biggest thing is I'm all about having a Nick Fury show. I just don't understand why you would use up the IP of Secret Invasion when it's like, that's like a big deal, you know? So
0: That should have been a movie-spanning event. Kind right, of, right. A little bit, a right. little bit. Um, so
1: that's all. I mean, it, and it's it's fine now, you know? Like, so far, I'm only one episode in, and I enjoyed it well enough. Um, so, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But okay. I was just a little bit weary in terms of like, eh. I... Again, I don't want to give away too much, but
0: as some... And we can talk about this later, but I kind of feel like it never... It took a long time to try and get off the ground, and even then, it never really took off. Right. It still seemed, um, for the most part, very self-contained for... It should have been a much bigger event. It should have... I I should have walked away feeling that it had much more far-reaching effects on the Marvel Universe... And I didn't. Oh, yeah. It it, it, it kind of almost too neatly wraps itself up in a nice little bow. Yeah. Again, be... don't want to give away too much. All right, but, all right. We we'll talk, we'll, about,
1: talk about, it. about it a little more later. Well, cool. Um, well, so far, I mean, I'll give it um, one dead Colby Smulders. <laughs> oh, spoilers. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's episode one. If you haven't seen it, whatever. Right, right. Um, no, I did also watch, the. speaking of comic book movies, I watched the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. How was that, dude? I fucking loved every second of it. Yeah, yeah. I'll wait for you to watch it. This is the new. uh,
0: It's the new animated one that's kind of done in this in the style of uh, Into the Spider Verse or uh, a little bit, a little bit. What was the first one? Uh, No,
1: yeah, the Spider Verse series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Same thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, No, it's it's very similar to that style. I don't want to. The only thing I'll say is, and just to reiterate, I fucking enjoyed every second of this movie. Sure. there were a lot of adults that were there when I saw it and each one of them were laughing. The kids were laughing. Like it was just smiles ear to ear. And okay. I haven't felt that way. Like, you know, I'm Ninja Turtles is super dear to our hearts. Obviously we've talked about it plenty of times, but I you can't recommend- go look at the, uh, what you've been watching podcast. Uh, we love turtles yes, for sir. all of our references. Go episode ahead. 24. Yeah. It's a good one. Did you listen? It's a good episode, right? Good yeah, shit, right? right. This is one of our strongest in my opinion. <laughs> one of my personal favorites actually. Yeah. Um, but no I loved every second. I'd love to talk to you about it when you watch it, man. Just the animation style, the yeah. voice acting, the cast. Seth Rogen, I I got to give him props, man. And he's I'm going to take his words on this one. He reaches to a lot of stuff like um he's doing like in, in uh The Boys, things like that he produces. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did Preacher, mm-hmm. he did um obviously the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. He did Sausage Party, which didn't pan out well, but like the point of it all is is he does things that he's like, "Let me do this." Before somebody else that doesn't have reverence for it gets a hold of it and fucks sure, it up. Sure. Right. So like yeah. and he takes it very seriously. He's like, yo, oh, I, I love Preacher right, right, growing right, up. Right. So yeah. let me show it respect. I love the Ninja Turtles. Let me yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. I would love you, the boys. Let yeah. me do that. I love he's gonna do a live action invincible. I know Robert Is he really? Robert Kirkman's doing the animated one, which is awesome. But yeah, he's supposed to be doing a live action invincible.
0: Oh man, that'd be cool as hell. Yeah. Like And he loves I,
1: that shit. So like good on him.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and and I feel like that's sort of how you should treat movies. Like, you shouldn't... Like, in a weird way, I appreciate the Christopher Nolan uh, Batman series. But in a weird way, you can tell exactly which books Christopher Nolan read to prepare to write a
1: Batman series. I would say... he Does that make sense? No, it does. I would say Zack Snyder's more guilty of it. Okay, also a good example. Yeah, you can tell. He's like, oh, we're going to do The Dark Knight Returns. It's like, dude, if you're going to... Much like Secret Invasion, if you're gonna do the Dark Knight Returns, let's do the Dark Knight Returns. Right. Don't do a Dark Knight Returns-ish. Yeah. You know like something. shoehorn it in there. Right, like let's right, right, that's right. like one of those books that surpasses the comic book medium. Like Watchmen exactly, or it's exactly. like the top somebody recommends, oh, what's a good comic book I could read? It's like Watchmen, Mouse, The Dark Knight Returns. But even then, like if somebody if
0: somebody asks, like, hey, I've never read a, a, a comic book bu- uh, a comic book before I would feel real a lot of trepidation recommending like The Watchmen or something like that because that is so it's such a meta comic book that like you sort of have to understand the genre before you can before you can watch something that turns the genre on
1: its head. Does that make sense? I agree. the The reason why I said those three and why I was bringing up The Dark Knight is that it's not uncommon to hear any one of those three recommended. Sure. And when people even like, not just comic book fans, critics that don't read it. Like, for example, Mouse is a Pulitzer Prize winning book. The reason I brought that up, but not to, sh- and I hear what you're saying, yes, it is. But the point is, is that those books surpass the medium. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, they're, I agree. they're bigger than just comic book fans. Like, so for him to be like, oh, let's just do The Dark Knight Returns, it's like, eh, or not, you know? Right, right, right. Um, or, yeah.
0: Yeah. Don't just do a Batman sequel and kind of make it The Dark Knight Returns. Like, yeah. Just save just, that. Just just do The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Like Just do a, a singularly
1: focused... I I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So, same thing with Secret Invasion, but we're talking about Seth Rogen doing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I respect the fact that all of his projects that he does, he has reverence for. And the sure. idea that he's like, I want to do it before somebody fucks it up. And if somebody does fuck right. it up, at least it's on me. And you know that I tried because I care, you know? So Well,
0: well yeah, and... and, and that was kind of the point I was trying to make before we got sidetracked, but like Never it is, it, it, it yeah, it is. <laughs> it is important to like give these type of movies to somebody who has reference for them right. and who like understands the genre and who like really wants to do a good version of that, as opposed to just like the Michael Bay of it all, where it's just like, oh, what franchise can I attach my name to now and just give me two hundred billion dollars and
1: I'll make you make it look pretty. Yeah, yeah. and I'll say this if you haven't. You, you, hopefully you've seen the trailer. We posted it all over the Facebook page and whatnot. But the uh, the teenagers who voiced the turtles. Mm-hmm. Some people when they first saw, it, like, oh, they're kids. I'm like, it's in the name. It's the first. They're teenage right. mute. It works so well. Good, it, it does good. the movie it
0: like. You buy it immediately. Yeah, that was going to be my next question because at this point we've always sort of had you know, and, and we've joked about it. You know, like like one a, of my favorite jokes, a, adult you know, a, a, adultified versions of the t- of, of the turtles in terms of like, Yeah, Miriam, I'm working my shell off <laughs> trying to provide for you and these. Step kid's of mine (laughs) working in the sewer 16
1: hours a day Miriam yeah Ralph's a fucking union worker and Leonardo's (laughs) like a disgruntled 21 year old right college dropout I've read a
0: lot of stuff and you guys should listen to me
1: right right so no but the teenage voice acting works perfectly the the cast is awesome all the way around so Mm -hmm. when you watch that let me know man it's Fully, fully, For fully sure. recommended. I won't even rate it yet. Just give it my full recommendation. Okay, I'll give you to give it four out of four turtles. I'll give it a hero and a half shell, big dog. Oh, that's, that's all just I, like the theme song. Yep, yeah, a hero and a half shell. He also just real quick, he does a fine line of blurring. Like you have to remember that the Ninja Turtles. When, when did it gain its most popularity? The cartoon series when it was aimed towards kids and they were selling toys. Yeah. It does pay a lot of like reverence to the. I said the word reverence a lot today. Amage. Sorry. Homage, oh my yeah, uh, a lot of dues or respect to the comic series, but it's very much so like, hey, we can sell toys this way, sure. Which yeah. I have no problem yeah, with. Yeah. I have no fucking problem. There's with.
0: a there's a perfect way to blend those two. You know what I mean? And if anybody's gonna do it, yeah, Seth Rogen should probably be the one. Yeah, yeah why so not?
1: It's a it's a good one, man. Hero on a half shell. It's the rating. There uh, you go. The la- I also did see one more superhero movie, and I won't spend too much time on it. Okay. All right. I saw the Flash. I told you guys I wouldn't see it in theater. You can call me a hypocrite because I did sit down (laughs) and watch it. But fuck it, I already pay for HBO Max. Um, Everything I'm going to say about the movie, I'm going to take away my opinion or remove my opinions of Ezra Miller because we've we've talked about that before and how I wasn't going to see it in theaters because, like, again, I'm not like a cancel culture kind of guy. Maybe I am on this one, but
0: problematic. Yeah, I didn't want to main
1: actor and yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like just. News being what it is, sure. Right. But like removing all of that, so I'm gonna to try to my best to just give it a quick, honest review. Sure, it, it was okay at best, man. Like a C minus is about as high as I could give it. Okay, whoever said that, oh, it's the greatest superhero movie of all time in the pre-release and stuff, and apparently had a really good cinema score. I don't know, man. That seems like some stirred up money thrown by the studios to uh-huh. try to salvage okay. what they can which didn't really work. Um, a few a uh, few plants in the uh, yeah, in the mix. It's what it smells like to me. It was it was okay at best. I before again my opinion of Ezra Miller withstanding. I never thought that they did a good job as Barry Allen. Right. In the yeah. first place. Right, right, that right. was when I read a Barry Allen comic book. That's not A little what too I
0: neurotic, got. a little too and, uh, Fucking unlikable. Just yeah, in general. yeah, yeah.
1: Just, just sort of like anxious dork. It, I don't mean this in a disparaging way. It, it comes across like he's very much so, and he, maybe he's not. Maybe this is what they're going for. I don't know, but it comes across like he's on the spectrum pretty mm-hmm. heavily. Which mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that doesn't mean I dislike your personality. That's not what I'm saying. But the way that they play it, it's like he's so neurotic that it just comes across as unlikable. And I get like everyone's being patient with him, but the where this movie falters. Is So, okay, I'll deal with that. Alright, he's a little bit neurotic. That's his character type, whatever. Sure. They then introduce him, who I'm just going to call Barry to, is the younger version of himself, who's 18, and just doubles down on the unlikability of, like, the the worst, and I, I mean this as a compliment, but only one character can do this, like, the worst aspects of Ted Theodore Logan. You know what I mean? Oh, like, okay. You know what right, I mean? Of just right, like, right. If you had to deal with this dude in real life, you'd be fucking exhausted immediately. Right, right. Like, he's fun, but he ain't it's that fun. fucking just, exhausted. Yeah, just, I can't take him anywhere. Right. It's like, Bill works because he has Ted, and they love each other, so mm-hmm. they can bounce things off. There's no Bill in this one. It's just fucking, it's like, what the fuck? So, <laughs> and even Barry One, the, the main uh, Flash, says, like, oh, this is what people mean when they say that I'm hard to deal with. And it just goes on for, like, two more hours of him just being all over the place. Okay. And so he's really sounds, neurotic. Sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's comes across kind of annoying, in my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. And so, just again, when I read, like, a Barry Allen comic book, I've never seen that. You know, he's barely can talk to anyone. He's like, oh, well, I guess I'll just scurry over here then. The plot, whatever, give or take it. The CGI, whatever you've heard about it, is very true. It's pretty bad CGI. It's yeah. It's pretty bad, and I get their their excuses. Well, things look differently in the in the uh, the Speed Force and whatever. That's fine. You can tell where they spent their money, but like maybe don't douse it in ongoing like dozens and upon hundreds of CGI background scenes as the the future and past keep changing. Like, maybe don't do that many to make them all look like shit all at once. So maybe just don't make the CGI the focus if you're not going to spend the money on the CGI. Or just do the relevant information. Mm -hmm. It just seems like they they doubled down on having shitty CGI everywhere. It was like, (laughs) like maybe dial it back. I don't know if it was a budget thing. I doubt it, depending on how much they spent on it. But But if
0: you're going to spend that much money, then how...
1: We spent 280
0: million to make the movie. What's 289 million to make right. sure that the fucking CGI turns
1: out okay? Right, I know? think it was like 280 million for I, our budget. I may not be that far off, sir. Yeah. I have a pretty good nose for these kind of things. Yeah. So it again, I'll, uh, without like getting into the plot and everything like that. It
0: it just it left you wanting. It, it was, was kind of lacking.
1: It just missed it in general. And now now is this a is it a is it a, a
0: shortfall on the storytelling, on the editing, on the visuals, on the acting, like all of the above? Like... It's a
1: little bit of all of the above in the sense of like the premise lays in Barry Allen wants to go back. His mother dies when he's very young. Mm-hmm. His dad is framed, which I never realized. I just. They spoon-fed me this information, and I never fucking put that together in all my years of reading it. It was like a, they call them Pajitsky moments. Shout out. (laughs) But why Barry Allen got into being a forensic scientist is because his dad was framed and there wasn't a proper forensic scientist to overturn the conviction. That just never dawned upon me. I thought he was like, oh, he works at a chemical lab, and that's how he got his powers because they needed something. I was like, oh, yeah, it plays into the character. So I appreciated the movie for,
0: now granted that is something that was retconned by Jeff Johns like a long time ago. Like, oh yeah, originally the Flash was just like he was a quote unquote police scientist, right? Who got doused in chemicals as they were struck by lightning and gave him his powers. Jeff Johns was the one that really rewrote the whole like. Oh, his dad was framed for murder, and it was his mom's murder, and he always felt guilty about that, and a need to save his dad, and no no matter how fast he can run, he can't change the past, but oh wait, what happens if we give him a cosmic treadmill where he can change the past? Yeah.
1: Well, shout out to Jeff Johns. He did some great work at DC, like, historically. Sure, um, sure. I'm not disparaging it. Yeah, no, I got you. I got you, though. Um, But where it faltered, though, I think was just overall execution. It was just... Again, I didn't buy Ezra Miller as being like that strong of a mm-hmm. lead. The plot really made no sense and the fact of like, all right, I want to go back and save my mother, okay, you do that. And in the process you lose your powers. Okay. And you sure. get invested in this world that means nothing to you. All right. This this alternate multiversal whatever. The second he gets his powers back, he should have just been like, Oh yeah, I should probably undo what I did. <laughs> right. But, Okay, I'm on board for that, but then it just goes on and on for like longer, and then he finally comes to the realization, yeah, there's some things you just can't change, and I think my mom dying is just one of those things. I'm like, all right, <laughs> like, so, so it's like he admits like, like two and a half hour movie just to have no resolution at the end. It it felt like when you watch a show and you're captivated by it, mm-hmm. and then the end, you're like, but it was all a dream. And you're like, uh, it felt, it, yeah. it, it wasn't that, but it felt like that. Like these consequences don't matter because at any point you can just bail. You know, <laughs> going back to my world. Right. Like, right. I yeah. screwed that one up. Like, and so it's kind of comes to the point of that. And it, so it just, it just felt inconsequential as it were. Yeah. And, um, that, that's always kind of been my problem with time travel movies is that like at
0: some point you, you, you reach the station where you can just be like, Oh, well I know all I got to do is travel back in time to stop me from fucking this up, or travel back in time to give myself the idea to change the past for the better. Right. Like, like it becomes a like. It's just it, you're 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 finagling the margins. Like you're getting it ninety nine point nine 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 percent right, and then you go back and you get ninety nine point nine 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 nine
1: percent right. Right. No, it's it's very much so that, but. And here's the thing, and I'll be 100% real, I'll just give them I'll just give them the time travel. I'll just be like, cool, it works. Whatever. Sure. Whatever you say, Whatever. The word. Yeah. I don't want to argue with it, it doesn't make sense to Them's me. Them's the rules. But cool, I'll just give you that, much like I did Christopher Nolan and Tenet. Like, cool, I'll give it to you. But it still just was like, again, it just felt inconsequential. And the whole point of like, Barry 2, the younger version, was like, no, I can save him, I can save him, I can save him. And then he just made shit worse. Point being... The only thing I really did appreciate is there's some really cool Batman sequences. Uh, The opening one, there's Ben Affleck. uh, Batman's in it. Cool. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the fucking trailer, uh, Michael Keaton Batman's in it. (gasps) What? And he busts ass, man. They hit a really cool scene. The director, Andy Muschietti, who Mm -hmm. did the It movies as well. They do, they ride in the, uh, the bat plane, or the bat wing. Okay. And of course they hit the classic scene where it flies into the, they, they shoot a shot where it's lower it, than it and it's... It comes up through the clouds and goes up over the moon and forms the bat signal. Kind of. It's, it shoots low and then you see the underneath of the plane um, kind of reflecting in the full moon and it, it it's the same shot, just shot a different way. But, okay. So he knows what he's doing in terms of giving the audience what he wants and um, it's fun to see Michael Keaton as Batman. Always. Uh, it, it's... A lot of fun. Um, You get to see CGI Nick Cage Superman fight a spider for about (laughs) ten seconds, so that's fun. Uh, Michael Keaton does a good job. I like the way to go back to their their science of how they explain things. They kind of take, I wouldn't call it a, I'll call it a jab, a little bit of a jab at Marvel. Okay. Uh, When he's explaining the multiverse, he says, um, "In other movies, you know, he he does a straight line with spaghetti noodles." He says. All right, this is your spaghetti noodle, and this is time. All right, let's just call it linear. He said, in other movies, whatever you go back to that point in time, it branches into a new one, and it makes like a Y shape with the noodles. He goes, what actually happens is, because Barry Allen's question was like, how are you an older Batman when I didn't go back in time to before you were born? I didn't fuck with that at all. Right. And what he does, and it's, again, it's Michael. You don't look like Ben Affleck. Yeah, you don't look like him. You don't, and, um. So it's I like the way they explain it, and I'm trying to do it best on an audio podcast. Um, it's very much so Michael brought up earlier, like Star Trek, where they just give you a simple analogy. So right. what he does, he goes, how it actually works is instead of it being a Y shape where it branches into a new one... What it is, and he kind of says, "Here's your point. and he holds it down right there, and he takes two a, spaghetti noodles. Yeah, well, he holds one there. He says, "Here's your point," and he and he holds it there. He goes, "What actually happens is, is this is the point in time. This is your fulcrum," and he uses the spaghetti noodles, the dry ones, and just makes an X. So he goes, "So not only did you change the future, your pa- your past is on an entirely different path too." Sure. And uh, I like the analogy said, and this is just one set. And you think this is easy to understand, and he's boiling noodles as he's talking to him. He goes, "What it really is." And he dumps all these boiled noodles into a bowl. He's like, each one of these is bound to intersect at different places. Each one of them spreads out in different places. Many of them will follow the same path for quite a lot of time, but then will branch in a different way. And he's like, and ultimately, this is your multiverse. And the way that it was explained in that moment kind of gave me like a good for you for separating yourself from Marvel, just in the way of we're explaining how the multiverse works. Sure, sure. And I appreciate writers that... They could have just go, well, this is how it works. You gave me the line, and we've talked about it a million times. Give me the line of dialogue that explains it, and right. we're cool. I don't right. even have to right. buy it. Right. You fucking made the
0: attempt. It, 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 it doesn't matter how complicated the science is. Like it, You could be talking about thermal dynamics or multiverses or alternate realities or quantum physics. As long as you can dumb it down into a singular line of... Well, the science, the complicated science that I'm trying to talk about is actually so simple as to be explained by this. Right. And as long as you give me that, I'm willing to buy whatever the science is. You know what I mean? Like, as long as you dumb it down into layman's terms, like, oh, it turns out that time travel is just like a big pot of spaghetti or... You know, uh, multiverse. Multiverse yeah, yeah. is like
1: a big ball of yarn that's right. constantly fraying or... or and it's, it goes more than just this explaining science. It's, it's anything in movies when you're like, oh, I didn't know he could do that. And then all it takes is one person to go, your powers are evolving. They're going to be changing as you grow with them. Alright, sure, cool! Right, yeah. I don't I don't have to buy that shit at all, right. but I appreciate the writer for giving me that just to right, go, right, right, well, there we right. go. There's we're, your reason. We're,
0: we're building off of what you already know, and now now we're going to go explore this whole branch that is
1: heretofore undeveloped, right. and see how your superhero get, deals with that. And you just gave me a line of dialogue to get there. Again, I don't have to buy the line of dialogue. Mm-hmm. I could be like, that's the dumbest fucking reason ever. You still gave it to but me. But I understand it. Yep, right, there right. We go. According to the rules that you've laid down right. in your movie... Here's where we're going. He's gonna be doing shit that they didn't explain thus far because his his uh, sensei teacher said your powers are evolving. Right, you're going right. to be doing new things. Oh, he couldn't fly earlier. Now, when there's a damsel in distress, he can magically fly right, to save right. her. That's convenient. It's like fucking just give me the plot armor. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Like,
0: yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like so, that's all you're really looking for in like in an action movie right. or or a superhero movie or even like just progressive enough to like oh he he's going to get revenge for his for his murdered family and now he found the weapons and then he used the weapons to track down the second in command and now the second in command is going to reveal where the big boss is and now I have to go find the big boss but he's not there so now I have to go find out where he really is or like... Just spoon feed me. Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Just <laughs> right. Tell me how I'm supposed to feel about this movie. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I would... Um, I know I gave it a, a, an actual grade earlier so I re- retracted that I would give it um a suit stuffed in the ring that doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> I mean, historically in the comics, sure. They're like it compresses, even in the comic books, They're like it compresses against the air and expand. Like fuck up out of here. <laughs> it doesn't really make any sense. We're like comic books, whatever. So that was a science that didn't work. Yeah. Anyways, um, the last thing I watched, and I'll, I'll make it pretty quick because I'm more interested in the question I pose you for it. Sure. I uh, it was International Movie Day this previous Sunday, so sure. all tickets across Fandango were all four dollars. And boy let me tell you something. <laughs> I went to go see The Meg 2 The Trench. And this brought out a demographic of people, man. It was it was just crazy, dude. Like uh-huh. and it it was just like it was just young people. Like I think like High schoolers and middle schoolers everywhere got yeah, got four dollars to take their little brothers and sisters yeah, and get out of the house it's, from it's, their mom. It's
0: cheap as fuck. It's the it's the last day before summer end or the last week before summer officially ends. It's hot as fuck. There's a hurricane coming. Like, yeah,
1: go see a movie for four bucks. Yeah, and so like it was fucking just, and I, I've. Tried my best to understand. Like I've been that age before. I've done sure shit. I was an adult and we get hammered in the theater. So <laughs> I mostly did it quietly. Not always, though. Yeah. So I tried to be as understanding I as... I refer a- you to uh, Snakes on the Plane, 2000... <laughs> oh, I never saw that in theaters. Was that not you? No, it wasn't me. No, uh, it was probably Bootsy.
0: Oh, I got called out in the theater for being, quote-unquote, too loud at a... Uh, midnight showing of snakes on a plane i might have been inebriated and been a little bit loud but also
1: it's a midnight showing of snakes on a plane fuck you right right yeah fair enough (laughs) Um, but yeah no it brought out a certain demographic of people man and I, i don't mean that like racially or anything like that i just mean it was like young people with and dude they talked the entire fucking movie and not just at the movie like oh don't go in there I just mean carried on full motherfucking conversations <laughs> the entire time.
0: So then, yeah, I was talking to Jane, and she was like, but I don't want to do it. And I was yeah. like, well, you should do it. And then I was like, but no, nah, I don't want to do it. And then Chris came in. Like, I don't know if you know Chris. Like, that's my cousin's best friend's
1: boyfriend. Exactly, cousin. exactly. And the whole time, it's a fucking Statham Shark movie going on. <laughs> and, like, there was, there was pitter-patter of the stairs up and down. It was wild, man. Just young kids, just running wild. It was fucking like, what the fuck is going I'm on? I'm all here?
0: pepped up. I'm Mountain Dew, a hundred percent, bro. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, it was. It was one of the most unique experiences I've had at the movie theater. And uh, I'll say this: if I if I spent that four dollars and it was a movie that I genuinely cared about. Like the reason why I went to go see the Meg was like, what's something that you want to see but you don't really want to pay the fifteen bucks sure. for? Sure, the four, Meg Two is a perfect, sure, perfect exactly. category right, of like right, Mortal right. Kombat Two. J- Jason Statham punches a shark again. Right. <laughs> so you get where I was going with it, but um, man, it was fucking wild though. And I, if it was a movie I cared about, like if I would have paid that four dollars and expected to see Oppenheimer or right. shit like that. I would have gotten my $4 back within the first 15 minutes. Like, dead serious. It was fucking so
0: distracting. Motherfuckers just bringing out the like the big purse with the tinfoil wrap fried chicken. Oh, and yeah. The, like
1: the coleslaw. Like, y'all get some sides now. Yeah, it was wild, bro. Yeah, I haven't been to a theater like that since Movies 8 back in the day. Motherfucker just in the back smoking a big-ass blunt. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So uh, I'll say just real quick about it, man. I enjoyed the movie. It's definitely built for an international market. Apparently okay. the first one did really well in China. Yeah, they had, they had a lot of Chinese actors and Yeah, uh, this yeah. one this one too. You can tell it's I think even in the credits it says like built or uh, produced by China Movie Co or whatever the fuck it is. It says something like China Movie something. I want to make a joke. So bad. Uh, I no. won't. We've already <laughs> tiptoed enough today. Um so it has like a big international appeal and I didn't really fuck with the movie. When they were actually in the trench, like in submarines and stuff like that. Okay. When it ramped up was when all the Megs and all the creatures from the trench. Wait, when you say all the Megs, as in multiple Megs? Oi. There's more than one Meg, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it?
0: That's right. You told me. There's more than one big ass more
1: shark. Than one big shark. <laughs>
0: No. uh, Last time, I had to crawl out from a shark's belly. (laughs) I had to karate kick my way outside a shark's mouth.
1: It's the same shit, though. But no, there's. I love that our Jason Statham is just Michael Caine, but like in an action movie. Pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. That's all. That's the best you're getting. So Uh, this shark
0: had testicles the size of a tangerine.
1: Right. (laughs) Um, But no, the first half of the movie is spent underwater, and it's like tension because they're fighting against other humans. And then, right when havoc breaks loose, because they're fighting greed, whatever. They're fighting greed, pretty much. Some some companies going down there mining shit out of the trench. There's an underwater battle with greed, pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. No, some
0: companies mining the trench. I'm gonna pop. I'm gonna pop this monopoly right in the mouth, ain't I?
1: (laughs) He would love to. He is an eco terrorist. Um, but no. So ultimately, point being. That part is kind of like, I don't really give a shit. Sure. And then right when all the Megs and all the other creatures from the Trench come to the surface world, okay. and then they go to what they call Fun Island, really on the nose thing. It's, it's a tourist trap island. Okay. So there's like, you know, scooter, or uh, uh, like jet skis and people like on inner tubes just sure. floating about. Yeah. The lazy river, oh, the dude. tide pool. The...
0: Wait, so is this just Jaws
1: 3? Like... No, no, no. They don't go into that, but they just, <laughs> point being, they give them cannon fodder at this Good. point. Right. Then the movie ramps up. That's when just, Jason Statham starts. Just the body count just starts racking up. Then I was all on board. Because then oh. Jason Statham fights three sharks on a jet ski. Nice. And when one emerges out of the water, he like gets launched in the air, but does a barrel roll and lands it and <laughs> then still takes off. And I was like, this is what the fuck I signed that's up right, for. That's right. This is how you met. How long did, before they get into that? It was like in fucking
0: hour, dude. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Out of an hour and 20 minute movie?
1: It was like I don't know how long I felt. Like, I think it was like an hour and fifty-five minutes or something. Okay, okay. So, so they, just, just under, but yeah, it was just about the halfway mark. Okay, still too long to be getting Jason Statham fighting sharks. Yeah, it's yeah he fights dudes in it, and like the set, the technology <laughs> makes no sense. They can go to the bottom of the of the ocean in the Marianas Trench uh, in like an exo suit, and you're like once again cool whatever. I'll buy the technology. It makes no sense. <laughs> <It's whatever. laughs> So yeah, it's a uh, it was interesting to say the least. And I'm glad I didn't pay full price for it, but I would recommend it to the second half and then just watch Jason Statham fight trench monsters and octopus and fuck yes, uh, and fucking dinosaurs somehow show up. What? Yeah, it's wild, dude. Jason Statham fights a dinosaur? He doesn't, but his crew does.
0: That sounds awesome. Yeah,
1: just fast forward to the second half. You'll be gone. you'll <laughs> be on, you'll love every second of it then. Um but no, I wanted to ask you though with The question I had posing all that, I'll give Uh, the Meg. What do I want to give this? One more shark, isn't it? (laughs) I'll give it the bells of the Cockney Tower and a couple, isn't it? (laughs) Isn't it? (laughs) What's this then?
0: What's this then? What's this then?
1: Um, What are. Fuck, I'm good. (laughs) uh, I was going to ask you, what is your favorite movie going experience? And what is your least favorite movie going experience? And it doesn't have anything to do with the movie necessarily. Not like, oh, when I saw this in the theater, I was blown away by it. Just in terms of like, because I can give you my best probably too. It sounds like you gave me your your worst so far. I don't know if that was my worst, but that was up there. That was the most unique. Again, if it would have been a movie I actually cared about, that was like, oh man, it's important that we're building suspense. So this shit is quiet right now. Like no, I couldn't have done it. Or like Oppenheimer, where it's a really talking heads piece. Like no, nah. like they're doing the bomb countdown. It goes three,
0: two, one, and some motherfucker just goes, <laughs> yeah. Be but, like you motherfucker.
1: Yeah, there was motherfuckers taking selfies on like it was. <laughs> it was like, I hate that. That is, I can. Oh, talk. I mean standing up like against like it was wild, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, but I was gonna say that was one of my most unique experiences. There was a time where just this person just would not get off their phone. And that was pretty bad. But this one was probably the most unique okay. and difficult to sit through. Um, I would say my best was when I saw the movie Battlefield Earth. Okay. Um, there's one other one I'll tell you later. That was this. It's between these two. This was my first time going into a theater at AMC when it had opened, uh, pretty pretty new, and there was no one there. Mm-hmm. And my friend John Shuck and I went. And we were just like, fuck it, let's go see something. We are just like, Battlefield, we sneak in, there's no one there. I mean, like, not an attendant shows in, there was nobody in the projector room, like, nobody was watching this piece of shit. So we just sat (laughs) in... And and, rightly so, right? Oh, rightly so. So we just had snuck in, uh, like, a 32-ounce beer, Uh and had, like, a a fat blunt, and we just sat there, and at, like, (laughs) I don't remember. we were pretty young at the time. We just sat there and got loose and fucking puffed a full fucking not vaping. I mean a full fucking j. We yeah, yeah, got yeah. our minds right while we watched uh, Battlefield Earth. Nobody said anything. No one. There was zero consequence. We got it. We're like that was terrible. But like we just sat there and <laughs> chat and kicked it like yeah. like we were at the house. Hey. That was a top a top experience and the time I got fully laid. Not just some a little bit of movie fellatio. But- You're talking like. Full business, yeah. The full business in a movie theater. It was tw- it was Twenty One Bridges, was the movie with Chadwick what? Boseman. Chadwick Boseman movie. Twenty One Bridges. I will love that movie going experience for life, and I will love that movie for life right. for that I'm reason. Sh- I'm sure that was a bonding experience for you and mom. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I thought you were gonna go with the what's his name situation. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. It's a good one. See, I was just curious what your your best and worst were, man. So. My best I can definitely
0: say was um, uh, I went and saw Jaws. It was the, I want to say it was the 45th anniversary of Jaws and they had re-released it in theaters over July 4th. Oh, wow. And went and saw that uh, with a girl I was dating at the time who was, you know, just, you know, we were like seriously involved at that point. And I had seen that movie so many times by myself and with friends and with, you know, like in controlled environments. But seeing one of my favorite movies on the big screen with a live, like, crowd and... Like an enthusiastic crowd. Like like they weren't there to make fun of it. They weren't there to, like, heckle it. It wasn't like a mystery science, science theater thing. It was like everyone was there to enjoy Jaws. And there were moments that, like... We all still were genuinely shocked, like when the head floats out from the from the uh, sunken boat when, nice. when Hooper's down below, like. And I had completely forgotten that that was a thing that happened. Like as many times as I've seen it, I was so caught up in the moment and so caught up in like the 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 energy
1: of the theater that right. I completely forgot that it happened. So when it happened, I was completely terrified. Well, it did the thing that we've talked about or that I've talked about before when I brought it up with the movie The Soloist and stuff when a movie transports you somewhere yes. and in that moment yeah no that's yeah. awesome yeah. that, that so, fucking so like gave me goosebumps seeing, to hear yeah, you yeah. talk about seeing
0: one of my favorite movies on the big screen for the, for the first time ever with a live audience was phenomenal it was it was a, and especially being with somebody that i really cared about and we had seen this movie so many times together and like just seeing her reaction next to me and and like you know when when jaws first pops out of the water she she let out like a, a definitive, like for real like gasp of like nice. exhilaration like oh my god I totally forgot that happened you know and like clenched my arm kind of thing you know like like what you want an old school horror movie hell you know? yeah like, that you sounds take, awesome you take your girl there so she can get scared and clench up on next to you and you can be like oh baby it's okay, it's okay. arm over the shoulder right you know yeah no that's you know. awesome dude yeah that sounds like a great time man yeah yeah um, the worst experience I've ever had. Was uh, dating the same girl went and saw one of the Harry Potter movies in theater. I don't remember which one. I want to say it was Deathly Hallows one, but right Right. inconsequential to the story. Uh, I had been battling the flu for about a week and a half, and kind of was at the point where I was like, "Uh, you know, I feel good enough. We could probably go see the movie, but like, you know,
1: I'm you shit on yourself in the theater,
0: bro. Not only did I shit on myself, I shit so loud that the people next to me <laughs> looked over and were like, did you just shit yourself? And I had to pay it off. Like, no, I didn't just shit myself. <laughs> Meanwhile, knowing full well, <laughs> I shit myself.
1: We had to leave. I'm sorry, I'm laughing right in your face. I'm not trying to. I just picture you going, like, it's the most distinct sound. Like, did you shit yourself? No. Nah. <laughs> Somebody just shit themselves. And you go <laughs> blame it on your girlfriend. It was her. <laughs> this nasty, I should have. This nasty bitch.
0: <laughs> the worst part was
1: I left because oh, I
0: had the I had the moment of like, okay, maybe it's not as bad as I think it is. Went to the bathroom immediately pulled down my shorts. I'm like, oh this is horrible. This is a this is a fucking like final destination traffic accident in my pants.
1: Oh man. I literally pulled off my underwear, <laughs> lifted up the tissue, stuffed it to the bottle, used your foot. I literally, I shouldn't tell this It's going to be so bad. I literally
0: turned a piece of like, like the single ply toilet paper that they have in the movie theater, just rolled up a roll of it, stuffed it in between my butt cheeks, <laughs> went back to the movie, told the girl like... Yes, yes. The girl like, we gotta go. She's like, it's almost done. And I sat down and finished the fucking movie.
1: It says squish when he sat down too. Oh, he's a mess. I'm sitting there, no underwear, a thin (laughs) piece
0: of toilet paper between my ass and disaster on this seat.
1: Oh, that's hilarious. I was gonna say, dude, that's fucking nasty. But I, I almost got arrested at one movie. But I'd rather be almost arrested than. I was hammered and I, the movie was almost, it was a movie I had seen before. <laughs> I, was, I was really deep into my alcoholism. Sure. I'd already seen the movie. Mind you. But you paid good money. It was Man with the Iron Fist. I'll never forget it. Nice. And I was trying to watch, cause it was the climax of the film. And so I went to go stand in the row, like where the trash cans are, like sure. in the aisle. I was like, I'll just pee here. And right when I went to go pee, I'm like looking at the screen, I look over and one of the attendants comes in and she goes, Oh hell no nah. And I turn and I pee on the wall and I'm like peeing on myself. I'm peeing on her. Oh I'm dude. I'm walking up the aisles, I'm peeing on on some kid's face. Oh dude, no. And so, I piss in the popcorn bucket. And she apparently there was an officer right there. And she was like, Oh hell oh, no, nah, hell and so no. I took off out of the exit door like and, yeah and he was like stop now and eventually I stopped and my friend came and picked me up and I didn't actually go to jail that night I fully deserved it sure but that was a pretty bad experience but yeah <laughs> the fact that I had seen the, and I just continued to sit there with the officer and just lie like I wasn't peeing at all and was like, <laughs> that I wasn't know, me I think you peed no, I was th- and eventually my friend he was a good friend at the time he still is but he looked at me and just when I'm sitting there running my mouth he goes shut the fuck up (laughs) just shut the fuck up I don't want to hear you anymore okay I'll be talking later though (laughs) as soon as he's away I'm going to be talking shit yeah I would rather that happen to me than shit on myself during Harry Potter though Michael yeah Put your stinking ass. <laughs> it's That's awesome, though. That's awesome. And then uh, let's see. The only other
0: bad time I had was, um, I was watching. I, Matthew and I went to go see Congo, and it was one of the situations where, like, the, it, it was a barely empty theater. Like there was there was people there, but not like it wasn't packed by any stretch of the imagination. So we sit down, we're watching the opening, you know, the, the trailers the opening credits and then some old dude comes and sits like two seats over from us. And Matthew and I are, you know, as the movie progresses, we're talking, we're, you know, like, Oh, it's funny, huh? You know, just like making comedy, fun of the, making fun of the, language. yeah, yeah, yeah. All that good stuff. And this dude leans over and is just like, Oh, you guys are so funny and starts, in, you know, engaging with us and this, that, the other. And, you know, like, you know, making jokes with us, cracking wise. And so, at the end of the movie, after credits roll, he's like, you guys are so much fun. And I had such a good time hanging out with you guys. You guys want to come, like, hang out at my house and swim in my pool for a little bit? And we were like, I'm so young. I'm just like, oh, no, my parents would never allow that. So, like, (laughs) no, I'm good. And he's like, no, no, you don't have to tell your parents. Like, it's cool. You guys can just come hang out. Like, let me just give you my number. And I was like, yeah, cool. Like, I'll talk to my parents. He's like, yeah, maybe don't do that.
1: (laughs) damn my God.
0: and so like <laughs>
1: Michael's getting bull thankfully I'm too stupid to get my asshole played with so <laughs> <laughs> well he was trying to compliment you Michael he was apparently I was a very fuckable little boy yeah
0: <laughs> so that was my other bad yeah, movie going. I but say- I didn't realize it until many years later I was
1: like oh wow I totally dodged a anal bullet on that yeah. one yeah <laughs> I would still maybe borderline get molested <laughs> and shit on myself and lie. have to lie about it. Did you do that? Nah. <laughs> that shit squishing sound. <laughs> yeah. I'm there. just walking, just yeah. dropping sweets. Just, just Hershey kisses That's all nasty. down the stairs. Oh, man. We are about out of time. We should have led with this. <laughs> we finished strong that's what it's called it seems I have uh, reached the end of my Kavassi and thus my truth telling serum so uh, seems like a good time to wrap up brother yeah (laughs) wrap up wipe up for that for Marvelous Mike D I'm MD3 signing out go watch a movie and talk about it with someone that you love also wipe your ass